Take a trip with us to New Bach. Just promise not to drink the goo. If you get sucked into the matrix, we will send a phone for you. Do you believe in fate? But every movie has a plot hole, and every hole gets filled somehow. Whiskey, wine, or blue milk. Just don't cut me off right now. With a Club of two, we're the plotaholics, ripping plots apart for you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Plotaholics podcast. I'm Shane Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Second Dose of the COVID vaccine, <laughs> Brian Tan. Mr. Tan, how are you? Oh, well, if I'm being honest, I feel like I've been run over by the poop mobile. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if I'm being a liar, I'm great, Shane. uh so the your second shot is is wrecking you pretty good huh yeah it is i got it on wednesday i had no issues at all um thursday came around and that's when i started to feel kind of bad is this moderna Uh, or pfizer it's it's moderna gotcha it's the the mode yeah um i did a workout. Let me see. I did a, a push-up workout, and then I went to go do a core workout. And it's during the core workout that, excuse me, I started losing all energy. Yeah. And then I started feeling a little bit better a little bit later that evening after eating dinner. And this is Thursday. Excuse me. And I did another push-up workout, and it was like the worst mistake I ever made in my life. <laughs> all right. And then so Friday. I was just really, really, really out of sorts. You uh-huh. know? So no workout. Saturday, I started feeling a lot better. I did a half hour workout and I felt great. And I went to go do my next workout. And halfway through, I had to stop. And I even got like so lightheaded that like I almost fainted. Like Sharon yeah. had to help me lay to the ground. And I ain't, I just ain't been right since. Like I woke up this morning and I'm just like, no, uh, that sucks. I'm sorry, but uh, so yeah, well, if it keeps you from dying partner. from the, if it keeps you from dying from the COVID, and getting it so bad that I pass it off to other people, this is a small price. Yeah, to pay. well, and and I think that um, ultimately, it, I mean, it. I got the the Pfizer uh, vaccine myself and had very like few issues i mean it sounds like you're mostly just dealing with uh the sort of lethargic feeling i mean are you do do you have like fever and stuff like that i don't think i so much have a fever um i know like usually when i'm sick my stomach is just very uncomfortable and unhappy Uh uh-huh so like today it's the stomach and it's 
feeling very lethargic, swimmy headed and yeah. just no energy. Yeah. I, um, I sort of did what you did the, the, after my first shot, I felt fine. But then that second day, just without even really thinking about it, I went out for a run and just sort of bottomed out real quick, like real early in the run. And I was like, man, why do I feel so shitty? And then I was like, oh, well, because you got a shot, you got the shot yesterday, right? Like it just, it, it took me a minute to kind of put those things together. Right. Um, and then the, with the second shot, I went ahead and just kind of like reserved myself to taking it easy for the rest of that week. But yeah, I mean, I felt like I was like, napping a lot and like my eyes were heavy i was just like kind of a little bit more tired than than usual but i i did take it easy after that second shot for a few days just because um they they always well they've been saying that the second shot is the worst right so right yeah and i'm i'm actually going to be taking it easy the next few days and even if yeah. i start feeling better you know i'm still going to give it a little bit of time i'm probably yeah. going to like if I start feeling better, I might do like a small workout and then just be done instead right. of doing my two and three workouts a day. Yeah, that weight's not going to find you in a couple of days. Like you can take a couple of days. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. I was even told by my coach, yeah, you got to relax now, bro. You got to rest. So, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to like end up fucking yourself up worse. Yeah, and that's what Sharon said. If you're she like goes, cloudy headed and something, you know what I mean? Right, and that's exactly what Sharon said. She goes, do you want to risk the couple of days or do you want to like hurt yourself for weeks? And it's like, damn women and their logic. Yeah, when they're right, they're right. <laughs> yeah, when they're right, they're right. And they, they that's why they're the, they're, they're the, they're, they have their position of the uh, species, man. They, they know what they're talking about, so. That's why men have tried for years to keep them down. And it doesn't tend to work. Well, I mean, not, I mean, systemically it's worked pretty well. But. Yeah, systemically it's worked, <laughs> but in uh, the system it's worked. But when it comes to like socially and at home and yeah, in a lot of instances, it's like, how many guys are, how many guys sit there and be like, oh man, my wife is going to kill me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and I'm more afraid of most I'm more afraid of women than I am of any man. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. Let, well, let's just know, be very clear. Yeah, we should uh, go ahead and say just up front here at the Plotaholics, we are huge fans of the ladies. Oh, absolutely. Um, hey, what, what did Tupac say? You know, you know, hey, T Tupac and on um, the song, keep your head up, man. I believe in a lot of that firmly. Uh, a lot of my a lot of my favorite people are women. Same here. Same here. Matter of fact, I was very excited last weekend, Shane, WrestleMania 37, and it was a two-day event. And on the Saturday evening edition, for the first time ever, WrestleMania was main evented by two, not just two women, but two black women. Oh, that's awesome. And it was a great matchup. If you have Peacock, I would definitely check it out. Now, it was amazing. WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. the, those pay-per-views were typically Sunday evening events, right? Correct. Most wrestling pay-per-views were always Sunday evening events. So it feels like a win, but they still gave them like pre-show billing, you know? Well, they, well, here's the thing though. WrestleMania at one point was a two night event. I gotcha. Matter of fact, the very first WrestleMania was three different events in three different locations. Yeah. You know, because basically it's, you know, it's such a big event that. Well, it's, it's you know, mania. It's WrestleMania. It is. It is. 
It's probably man. contagious, honestly. Oh, I tell you the truth, man. As as anti the wrestling business, well, the way the the world wrestling entertainment has done things over the last like 10 years, as anti the business as I've been, when WrestleMania time comes around, I get very excited. Are you able to still keep up with like the storylines and stuff? Or is, I mean, is it like a soap opera where you can just kind of like drop in and pick pick it right back up? I mean, you can drop in and pick it up because th- th- there's websites that tell you like what's going on and, you know, it, it, it allows you to get in on some of the storylines. But I mean, it's. I, I really like the stories that they tell in the ring with the physicality, you know, where, you know, one character has sort of gone too far and pushed somebody too far. And then that physicality just sort of lashes out where it's like totally against their nature but they're doing it to survive you know what i mean it's yeah the the, the episode of south park where they sort of played it out like wrestling like playbill and all that Uh uh-huh it's really it's when you really like get into it and you get past some of the you know because obviously there is some silliness yeah but when you can get past it and really look at the stories they're telling in the ring it's it's a beautiful thing man it's art is yeah, it is. Um, I remember like the this is I haven't watched wrestling since probably high school, but I remember being incredibly compelled by the um, I would say two part story of Bill Goldberg, like had being on his undefeated streak mm-hmm. and then uh, fighting. And I can't even remember who the who it was. It might have been Kevin Nash, but like they beat him. Yeah, Kevin the Nash. NWO is the one the streak. Yeah, yeah NW. Well, the NWO shady yeah. practices. Yeah, he could have taken Kevin Nash. Yeah, because he he um he he got the cattle prod from Scott Hall. That's right. And the other thing is, uh, in reality, I'm not sure that he could have taken Kevin Nash because Kevin Nash, a big dude. Kevin but, Nash is a big, strong, strong man. Yeah, but it, within the world that they had built there, Goldberg should have won that fight. Right. And that level of betrayal was like so intense, and it's really like the kind of thing that that you only really see in wrestling right like you don't see that kind of stuff a lot in film uh well, because it only works in wrestling it doesn't work yeah. anywhere else like yep, you even look at some of the storylines of like diamond dallas page and his meteoric rise you know that that's some like even like you know here we are we're almost 30 years from those times yeah and it's still excuse me so compelling yeah and i don't know and i mean i'm not in it but it felt to me like some of that nwo stuff and diamond dallas page stuff um and then uh people like the ultimate warrior and sting like these were people that had like they crossed over into into mainstream cult pop culture right like they weren't many ways yeah they weren't just like relegated to to the wrestling world and of course you have wrestlers like the rock or john cena uh that that move in and out of those circles too but i don't know the last time that i remember a real wrestling storyline that had that much crossover into the mainstream uh, oh man there's a and i'll tell you the truth there's a lot of guys that do and those are the stories that are really special i mean I don't know. It's, it's just beautiful to see, man, it, when, it, when it all really unfolds. Because, I mean, you even look at something like, you know, here we are once again. We're about 20. It's been about 24 years since the Montreal Screwjob. 
And it is still talked about in wrestling circles to this day. Mm-hmm. Like it's still talked about. It's, it's, it's just, it's amazing how, you know, when I hear folks talk about, you know, film and other forms of entertainment and how they just cement themselves in history in their own ways and wrestling deserves to be mentioned with film and television where, you know, like I've, I've had moments in wrestling that for me could be the equivalent of the season finale of MASH. Right. Or if, you if, know, if, if your boy Vince came to you and he said, Brian, I need a showrunner for W. Is it WWF now or WWF? It's WWE now. I, I still call it WWF. And he's like, I need a showrunner. I want you to head up the writer's room at WWE at Monday Night Raw. Can you do that, Brian? I would do it as long as I had creative control. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really cool to to know because that uh, aspect of it that I think is pretty protected is like mm-hmm. how they write the storylines and things like that. But I think that's really compelling stuff. I think that would be really interesting to learn more about. Absolutely. I mean, I know Freddie Prince Jr. was involved in that for a few years. And um, yeah, I would definitely be into doing it. You know, I, I would just need control. And I think one of the first things that I'd probably do is that like certain wrestlers, I would give them creative freedom yeah, for to, certain things. Or at least like ask them about things, right? Like I- include them in the conversations. About, and I'm sure they do have some say in where their stories go. Um, I'm not 100% sure. I know that there's been complaint that they're, they don't get enough. Uh-huh. But I mean, I'll tell you the truth, though, it, it's I'm very slowly but surely starting to get I'm starting to get the, the wrestling bug itch back. I'm starting mm. to get that back. That's interesting. I think that that stands to reason because I feel like the I feel like the bulk of fans of wrestling are children and like adult adults, you know, like when you start to get up into your 40s and everything, that's when the, you start to come back to it. It seems to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the college through the thirties seems like when people tend to reject it. Um, yeah. Well, I, I tried to get into the business in my younger days. Oh. Um, I remember I had a deal with a buddy who had means he had made, he had been pretty successful, you know, putting money into the stock market and everything. And he was, you know, we, we were doing, you know, some prelim stuff and he was going to pay for me to go to wrestling school and get my education. And then the deal was going to be once I, you know, finished and got signed, I'd start paying him back. But apparently he didn't like paying his taxes and the IRS frowns on that. And there went that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there it goes. And that way it goes a lot of dreams. Um, Yep. Freaking tax, man. The man, the man, the man, is holding you back and it may be the greatest single transition that i've ever made out of whatever random shit we're talking about at the beginning of the show into the advertised content yeah that was an amazing segue like that's why that's why you're among the best of the business that's what they tell me and by they i mean my mother (laughs) uh well i'm sure michelle and i say it too yeah, that's true. Yeah, you and Michelle, you know, you guys propped me up pretty good. That's uh, you. You guys are the homies, you know. Mm-hmm. Is the homies a thing that people say still? I still say it. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, this week, and we're talking about the Jack Black vehicle, School of Rock, uh, 2003 oh, music comedy film. Absolutely. And another film that, in a lot of ways, the ridiculousness could be almost wrestling-like. Yeah, a little bit. Like uh, Jack Black's physicality is is just always this. I told Michelle this last night, almost at the top of the film. I was like, "This is one hundred percent the role that Jack Black was meant to play." Yeah, I'm. I agree a hundred percent. Like it's almost like when Jack Black was born, God was like, "You know what? This is what you're." Yeah, gonna do. he is so likable in this kind of part, and and it like really does lean on all of his natural talents. It really does. And I think that if this film is any indication, Jack Black also missed his calling as a, as a music teacher. Honestly, for sure. Um, we uh, Before we get too far in, we do have a bartender smiley summary. Oh, geez. You know, he's been, he's been whining at me all week. Yeah? He really has. Yeah. He's feeling himself now. We got such a positive response uh -oh. last week with his... Um, with his um, synopsis, yeah, that he's really been fussing at me. Like oh. I'm, I'm, I'm literally about to start filing an HR complaint. So should really, we? Should we? No, give him what he wants because then he's gonna him? keep. He's gonna keep whining at me. So well, we if we don't, if wants. we don't indulge him, then maybe he will get the hint. Like we maybe we have to play hardball. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he's been with us since the beginning, and I don't want to. You know, I, I'm gonna. Well, maybe we'll have to take this conversation off mics and have a little sit down with Bart. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to have an intervention because he's getting a little big for his britches. I think. All right, all right. Well, let's see what he's got to say about School of Rock. Yeah. Oh, I don't even have the thing shared. Hold on a minute. Oh man, Smiley. I know now. Uh -oh, now, see, I think Smiley is is sabotaging the show so that he can get of my he spot. Is. Of course he is. See, smiley, smiley, man. You know, you 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 give a malcontent a rope, he thinks he's a cowboy. Yep. All right, here we go. We should be good now. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, the the school of rock. Uh, you got uh, you got Jack Black, who's uh, you know, he's got a uh, he's a loser, washed up sack of shit loser. Nobody likes him. Uh, <laughs> and so then he decides to team up with a bunch of kids from a school. He's uh, impersonating his friends. He's, he's not really a substitute teacher. He goes over there. He goes and does, yeah, he does this. He does the thing. He's teaching the kids, doing the rock and roll. Uh, him and his kids, they uh, they're real good, real talented, real talented group of kids. Still lose though. Don't win the battle of the bands. Doesn't matter though because everything that they needed to know that was inside of them all along. It's like Wizard of Oz meets B Bad News Bears, except everybody's real and talented. Uh, so you know, I think that's uh, what it is. I think that's what it is. Uh, you know, what? I'm not even going to give Smiley a hard time for the spoiler alert, because if you haven't seen the movie by now, <laughs> yeah, shame on you. It's been a little while. Uh, solid. Synopsis. It's been a few minutes. Um, also, that was a solid synopsis. Maybe Smiley has a point. No, bartender no. Smiley, though, needs to get his patrons under control when he's trying to record. I know. Right. It Come is on, rowdy in there. It really is. Smiley. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Just get them to, I mean, I know that like the restrictions, the COVID-19 restrictions are lifting and now you can get more people in there, but bro, bro, come on. You got to be responsible. Look, we're going to have to have an HR discussion, Smiley, but you know what? For now, good job. Good job. For now, good job. Yes. Yeah, so, um, Jack Black plays, I keep wanting to say Dewey Cox, but Dewey Finn. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> walk hard right yeah he plays dewey finn uh and then he's joined by a slew of uh, like 
uber talented kids. Yeah, not to be confused with Huckleberry in the Thins. That's right. Sure. Yeah, uh, he also with uh, a young Miranda Cosgrove man. Miranda I almost Cosgrove forgot she was in this. Is in the mix. Yeah, this is one of her first big moments. I think like this was yeah, this I think even before film Drake debut. and Josh, or it might yeah. have been right around the same time. Yeah, this is her feature film debut, and um, yeah, man, she. All the kids, the one thing that I really love about kids in film and a lot of child actors is that a lot of them are just so mature. Mm-hmm. And even when they're being kiddie, they're still so mature. Like, I actually look at them like, man, I don't know, no little kids that talk like this or act like this. Yeah. But, the, and then when I think of, when I really think about that, I'm like, actually, I just don't know any little kids. <laughs> uh, and yeah. I, I, you do because you have a kid. Um, yeah, but, I got a twelve-year-old, and then I've got a granddaughter. And yeah, so you're whatnot. you're like around kids more than me. I mean, I guess I mean the the youngest kid that I'm ever around is basically an adult. You know, at the college, <laughs> you're uh, around like an eighteen-year-old and go like, "Yep, you're a kid." Yeah, right. And I and they still don't talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yes, yeah, I mean these this this these kids play their instruments right and um and i mean i they kind of it makes me upset a little bit because that one kid like shreds the shit out of the guitar and he's like 10 years old <laughs> yeah and then the guitar player like wow dude really i mean not not the guitar player you already said it. i'm talking about the the drummer oh my god that kid's so good i swear he's like a he's like an american draco malfoy but not annoying yeah he's real good <laughs> Um, and then the bass player, she makes me mad because, like, how are you ten and better at bass than me? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's on point. And what's so so? I was working on a theory that this is a prequel to AP Bio. <laughs> I can get down with that. I um, really can. And that these are actually the same kids. They're just their names are different uh, for legal reasons. Um, that checks but out because that redheaded boy that sits in the front left of the class, if you're Jack Black. There's yeah. a redheaded kid that sits in that seat on AP Bio too. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, then wow. Miranda Cosgrove is like the Serena character. Okay. All right. Uh, like there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover here between AP Bio and 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 that's why I think that in AP Bio they're all mostly okay with it because they've already been through that once. Right. Yeah. It's like man, this is just like middle school. All yeah. They, right. This is just like Schneebly. <laughs> Schneebly. Can can we can I just say that couldn't they come up with a ner- like a better nerdy name than Schneebly? Ned Schneebly is pretty good. I don't know, man. That 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 name sounds very difficult to get behind. That's like murderer name. That's like a killer name. Well, what's so crazy about it is that the guy, like the real Ned in this movie, is exactly who you expect that to be, right? Like when you hear the name Ned Schneebly. Yeah. You immediately think of Mike White. Yeah. Even if Mike. you don't know who he is, right? Like that's the kind of person you think of. Mike White, not to be confused with Meg White. Right. <laughs> or Jack White. <laughs> yeah. Um, because wow. But what's so funny about uh about Ned is that that's his real l- name, but he was still in that like Goth, goth band band with him <laughs> that is awesome I, I love when they show the picture it's like wow serious <laughs> yeah oh man like thankfully but you know what though 
of between the two of Ned and Dewey, which one do you think would most likely be like the Marilyn Manson of the group? And I mean, like the, the, the horrible oh, human being. Yeah. Ned, Ned strikes me as like, you know, a closeted like monster in real yeah. life. Like I can just run an with that. evil, like an evil, evil, evil person. Um, I completely agree with that. I'm, uh, I was looking to see if I could find a list of the school of, of the different band names that they tried to come up with. Um, um, I think one of them was, I know one of them was pig rectum. Pig rectum. That's an awesome. <laughs> um, oh, they, I said they it over, right in front of the principal yeah, they over, because they were like the the unicorn or the koala bears. Yeah, the koala um, bears, the bumblebees. Yeah, and so he was like, "No, it's got to be like it's got to be harder than that." And they went, they overcorrected. <laughs> yeah, it's like they went from one end of the spectrum way to the other one. It's like, look, man, if you guys were like a death metal band, you could get away with pig rectum. I'm pretty yeah. sure that would be okay. Um, that's a little much little much so we talked uh last week about great teachers in film a little bit yes we did and i think after watching this that we have to put dewey in that conversation he absolutely and it's it's an accident right like he doesn't actually intend to be this great teacher but he really taps into something that is so important to teaching which is you you guide the student to the thing and then right. give them enough for them to take over right right and, and that's exactly what he did and you give them an and you get he they get such an interesting real world education in this film that's yeah. kind of disguised as this like slacker well like yeah this like history of rock kind of elective sort of thing but like there's you know, uh, Miranda Cosgrove's character is reading business book, like uh, economics books, like to try to be a better manager, you know, right. and like it's just really it's, it's really cool how uh, they get to like a real education via rock the band. Music. Yeah. And I really think and the one thing that I really want to throw out there is that nothing makes me angrier than people that try to say something along the lines of you know music is just a waste of time no it's really not you've got to you've got to be on your p's and q's for a lot of things when it comes to music it's not just your talent you have to have the intelligence how many musicians how many times have we've heard the horror stories of musicians that go broke because mm -hmm. they don't know economics and they don't know business yeah well I you mean, know miranda cosgrove if she's your manager you're gonna be all right oh absolutely and i really love how you know, from a film that's, you know, 18 years old now. We had, you know, a young female character portrayed with such strength. Yeah. So this is another thing that immediately stood out to me here was how Jack, how Dewey was giving out roles in the band. And then if somebody decided that they wanted to do something else, he listened to them and validated what they wanted to do like that the the boy that he calls fancy pants who's going to be on security and he was mm -hmm. like i'd rather be the stylist and without question or blinking jack black is just like well absolutely you're going to do that right or when the one girl said i don't want to work security i i don't want to be a roadie i want to yeah. be a singer yeah. and he goes well i can't make you a singer unless you sing and then she sings and he goes 
why didn't you do this when I was asking for sex? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And then and, even still, when she comes up later on and says, I can't do this. What if they make fun of me because I'm fat? And I saw this on a website. This guy is not only he's doing his best to help her get over her lack of self-esteem, but he's even saying, look, I'm chubby, but everyone wants to. I'm still a good guy. Well, why don't you go on a diet? Because I like to eat. Is yeah, right. wrong with that. Yeah. And and he, you know, he points out Aretha Franklin. He's like, you know, she's a little curvy, but as soon as she starts to sing, everybody wants to party with Aretha because right. she's amazing. And yep. he he doesn't like belittle her concern by saying a bunch of stuff like, you know, no, you're beautiful. You're oh, blind. you're so beautiful. Right. Anyone no, I can't see that. He like puts the focus on her talent, which is, I think, the right answer. Right. Like embrace who you are. And celebrate all what of that. Got. Yeah. I mean, this guy is in the, and the one thing that I really love, especially as we're getting into now where everyone's pushing against, everyone's pushing against folks trying to be nicer to each other by calling it cancel culture or woke, woke culture. Yeah. If more folks saw things the way Dewey Finn did, this world excuse me, would be a much better place. Are you getting chucked up over there? No, I had a, um, <laughs> I needed to have something to eat because I, I wasn't feeling great. Yeah. So I had my protein shake and now yeah. I'm getting hiccups. And stuff. Gotcha. So yeah, no, I completely agree with you that, that he is so effortlessly nice to everyone, no matter what they're like. Until they're jerks to him. Right. Exactly. He's nice to, he's nice to everyone. And- I especially love the whole read between the lines, Theo. Yeah, between the lines, bro. Let's talk about this guy that they replaced him with in the band. Oh my goodness! Like Who's seriously, just, like bro, grinding the air in that in their performance. Yeah, he's humping the air. He's he's. Why do you have sleeves and no shirt, bro? Man, that's like. So what funny. are you doing? What are you doing? And like, you seriously think that this guy is like? All right. I'll admit Dewey is just wasn't right for that band, but that song they were doing at the beginning was pretty fire. I like that. So here's kind of the only, the only problem that I ever have with a movie like this is that they try to convince us that Dewey is not good at, is not good. Right. But he's so like Jack Black is such a good musician. It's ridiculous. He truly is. Like if Jack Black gave up acting and focused solely on music and wasn't even doing comedy music, but was actually doing like like traditional music. Yeah. Man, he's already won Grammys just playing around. Yeah, I well, love this dude, and I every and I, every song that he sings in this that the kids don't write feels like a Tenacious D song. It really does, and Tenacious D is just such an amazing group. Yeah, um, and Jack Black is probably one of the best performers in Hollywood. Everything is like it. It's he's always big, right? I was gonna say over the top, but that's not really it because. It's just big. Everything's epic. Everything, you know, and, and that's Jack Black. But he's Black. also so excited. Like everything. That's it. He's so just genuinely excited. excited. Right. And I mean, and I think that his energy translates to every other cast member because everyone has that same sort, even if they're supposed to be subdued. Like Sarah Silverman, as annoying as she is in this movie, she has a strength about her. And it's almost like she like her 
Her moodiness feeds off of Jack Black so well that it makes her a more unlikable character. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's hard to dislike Sarah Silverman because I, I really enjoy Sarah Silverman. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I do like Sarah Silverman a great deal. Um, but uh, she is not incredibly likable here. She, she's a terrible human being in this movie. Yeah. At the same time, though, I think she probably has a point. I mean, he's probably been living there for a long time and not giving him any money. Yeah. And I especially love Dewey. You know, it's the first of the month. You uh, think you can come up with your share of the rent? Come on, man. You know, I don't have it. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, well, at least he's honest. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's probably at this point where it's like, all right, your act is getting old because you're not even trying. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I think we've all had. We, I think we've all either had that roommate or been that roommate. <laughs> yeah, I won't lie. I was that roommate. I yeah, won't lie. I've I, had I that mean, I, I've been, I've been that guy. Yeah. But well, no, man. I mean, I. But the one thing about School of Rock that really gets me. The only thing about this movie that kind of makes me, that gives me a pause, is homeboy should have been facing some serious charges yeah um so i think i, th- I think the only way that the that the movie gets a gets a so the movie i think as a whole gets around that because the parents all come around to it and they're the ones that would have to press those charges well the problem is though is that the, the board of re well i guess the parents would also have to muscle the board of regents of the school Mm-hmm. to not press charges as well because the thing is yeah now the school could could have a case for sure uh and the state would have a case because of like you know his, there's fraud here and yeah fraud identity because he's cashing and, because he's cashing paychecks impersonating another person yeah. yeah yeah so there are issues on on that side of things and this was my thought was um i know that 2003 was a lifetime ago right but I feel like you would still have to present identification to HR for any of these things. I know he was like in the system, right? That, that guy was in the system, but yeah, he would still, I feel like have to present some sort of, especially at a private school like that. You would think, yes, a long-term sub would just, you would absolutely think that. And they'd probably at least have his, have Ned's photo on file somewhere. Mm Um, I, I, yeah, there's, there's some, like gaps in some of that stuff and and i found myself wondering if we even really needed this like impersonation storyline um i don't hate it and i don't think that i don't i think that the i think ultimately we probably did need something like that because you needed something to get the parents riled up other than he's just like doing whatever he wants to do but i wondered why he didn't just like go become a substitute teacher you know yeah, I mean, and one and another thing too that in a lot of instances, if the states get involved, I'm sorry, poor Joan Cusack's getting fired. Yeah, she's done, bro. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, Joan Cusack, this is our Joan Cusack tic tac toe episode. I think so. Also, she is. I mean, I gotta agree uh, with with your with your half shirt boy here. Joan Cusack can get it in this movie, dude. Joan Cusack is fine. She really is, man. Everything about like Joan Cusack just gets like she's she's one of those people where she like when as she matures, she she ages Benjamin Button style. Yeah. And she just does like she just gets 
more glamorous and wonderful with age. The scene where he gets her drunk is so funny. Oh, uh, man. I, I best, love it. The best is when he's like taking her back to the school and he's singing and like doing his like all Jack Black thing. And it shows her and she goes, can you please stop that? Oh, man. Like, you know, I've had it. so many women do that. I've had so many women just go, would you stop that? Like, yeah, you're right. Oh, I can't imagine that I can find that clip. But well, the most painful about part of it is that how polite it is. Could you please stop that? It's like, I actually had a girl tell me I was trying to muster up the courage to tell her that I liked her. And uh-huh. like, she was like, right in front of me, she just goes, Brian, just don't do it. Uh, like, yeah. Message me- received. <laughs> that that's a big 10 four there i do uh, have um i do have, have that i have the scene from the bar uh but i don't oh uh, this is it i think oh i hope so yeah 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 here we go you know this is the first time any teacher has ever asked me to do anything outside of school no way it's it's true in well, she already six told years. Yeah, it sucks because like that's the best part, but they keep cutting it out. Um, of course they do. Like you would actually have to like cue the movie up like right in front of you and just get it. I know, and that sucks. Is really disappointing because you know this is the first time. Shut up! <laughs> that's enough out of you, Junk Sack. We love. You, we bro. get it. This is the we first get time it. You are. <laughs> it's the first time any teachers wanted to hang out with you socially. But whenever they're like. um uh, God, whenever they're doing the um, Stevie Nicks shit, that's just pretty funny too. Oh, that is that is on point. And I love the fact that Jack Black he puts it. I love the fact that Jack Black is just into music. Yeah, like, he prefers rock, but he's into all music. Yeah, which was sure. awesome because you know there's a lot of folks, and I remember folks when I was a kid doing rock and stuff. Like, oh, Stevie Nicks sucks, and it's like, no, Stevie Nicks is pretty on point, bro. What are you talking about? I mean. Stevie Nicks is one of those female performers that, like, you've got to bow down and give her the credit that she deserves. Absolutely. I'm just looking at every clip on YouTube to see. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Another thing that can we just talk about when he finally gets caught? Yeah. And he goes. I've touched, you know, your kids have touched. Oh, uh, right. And I'm yeah, sure I, I've touched them. It's like, I did want to say, I did want to say something about that scene. Like, you might want to change your vernacular there, pal. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I might, I can probably find that scene. Um, that, that's just one of those where, bro, you, you're talking yourself into a deeper hole and it's not, it, it that, that's just not good. It, it's also, not good. I'm just a huge fan of, uh, I mean, really everything about this movie, but, like even the first class when they're like, well, I want to learn something. And he's like, well, today I'm hungover. Do you know what that means? And they're like, it means you're drunk. And he goes, no, it means I was drunk, drunk yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that's a Shane Wilson teaching kids lesson oh, right. right there. Yeah. It's like, sure. I'm hungover. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll tell you the truth, though. I really love how he, even when he's like, not like, I love how he just sort of goes in and he's just whatever's whatever. But he's like straight up like from the door. Like, it's not like he's like, like an AP bio where it's like, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. All right. Now I find a way to make this work. He was never like super antagonistic. He was just super honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Like this, this film really blows up a lot of the cliches that 
come in tales like this. Yeah, he, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, ultimately, there's not a whole lot to say about the movie beyond the fact that Jack Black is excellent. The kids are all super talented. Um, and it, it is, it's a really basic premise, right? It's uh, very basic, but it works. Guy needs so money. Guy tries, guys, get, guy gets kicked out of his band. He steals a job as a substitute teacher, realizes that these kids are super talented at music, puts a band together out of them to try to win battle of the bands. And ultimately, and here's the end of it, right? Is that they lose. And I love that. Absolutely. That's what made the bad news bears such a good film is that they didn't win yeah because yeah. the because the, and that and it sort of teaches you a lesson because you know a battle of the bands it's never about the talent it's always about who the judges like that's true and also as good as these kids are they're not going to win battle of the bands <laughs> there's no way they're going to win there, there's no way that the judges who have been putting on this battle of the bands for how many years now are going to let some school kids beat some of the top bands in, this, in the area. <laughs> um, what was the name of that band? The the first band um, that Dewey was in? I think it's like No Vacancies. Oh, that's right. No Vacancy. That's a pretty good band name, though. I'm not going to lie. I dig it. That, that, that's not too shabby. That, 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 that's that's kind of cool. I dig it. But, but no, yeah, man. I, I mean, because they look, they look at kid groups as just like novelty acts man they, they, they don't treat right. with any sort of respect yeah especially because like he comes out there wearing like short pants and a and a school uniform like i mean yeah. it is kind of a gimmick the way that they play it up you know it really is and but from the outside looking in at least i think anybody would see that as a gimmick uh yeah, we absolutely we've, like lived through the movie with these kids that it's not a gimmick that's just who they really are but um also little stylist dude kills it with the with the outfits um, oh yeah absolutely everybody looks badass you know except jack black who looks like a toddler uh, he looks like, like he looks like a creepy toddler he looks like a creepy version of angus young yeah dude <laughs> like like there's no world in which jack black doesn't look like a creep in this movie no uh, <laughs> no not at all like because he gets and and this is ultimately just because he has kind of a child's sense of wonder anyway i think dewey as a character is just a very innocent person absolutely um, jack and- black is one of those guys that and i've all, i've said this about a lot of like actors and characters they portray you know there's just some people that you can't even imagine saying or doing anything like hurt their feelings yeah like because there, there's just some people where like you look at them you're like you know in normal conversation yeah i might feel bad but it's like yeah but it was something that needed to be said or it was just an accident no big deal but there's some people that like you see like just their facial expressions or their overall behaviors and the idea of hurting them just hurts your soul yeah and and i think that in this in this case dewey um just like he sees them as as equals at at some point right he starts to see the he sees their musical talent and he sees them as equals and he treats them as equals and so yeah and he even brain, tells them you're better than i could ever be right and, and so in his like from the outside looking in these parents think he's like taking liberties and stuff that he's like a little too familiar or whatever with these kids he's like driving them around in his van and stuff but he doesn't even it doesn't register for him that that's not okay Right, because like he doesn't see them in any way as like 
like a predator would see them, right? He just right. sees them as his friends, which is yeah. like kind of sad. But that I mean, but it also is the reason why, as you watch this, you don't, as the viewer at least, feel like you feel like what he's doing looks bad, but you don't feel like it is bad, right? And I really think that, like, he knows that they're kids, but yeah, he sees them as equals because I especially love it where you know they take the the one rock band takes um what's his name Freddie yeah. to go and like hang out in the van and he is pissed yeah and even you know and even you know and he he starts to sound like an adult for a second but it's like dude this is a, like yeah this kid is not just my friend but he's a kid and don't that's not cool like that that's not even remotely cool yeah and i think that that he's probably like this is probably his greatest role this is probably his most lovable character but he's played a lot of amazing characters as well, but this is easily his best. Um, and this, it just goes to show, man, when you've got writing, you've got the right writing and you've got the right, you know, performers involved, man, you're going to have some, you're going to have some magic. You're going to have some gold. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about where all of these children are now. Okay. Let's um, do that. I've got an article here from Hollywood.com that goes through, uh, at least it looks like most of them. Um, Miranda Cosgrove, we all know, uh, had a huge like Nickelodeon career. Mm-hmm. Um, she released two EPs um, and a couple of iCarly albums. Uh, she also does some voice work. Uh, she was in Despicable Me. Yeah, she's um, played one of the main girls in that. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she is wildly successful, especially in the Nickelodeon realm of things. Probably the most successful of the children of this cast by far. Probably. I would say that that is probably true. Uh, Brian Falduto, who plays Billy Fancy Pants. uh, He also, (laughs) I want to talk about this kid for a second while we're on him. Whenever Jack Black is getting everybody to tell him off, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then he's like moved on and this kid says you're tacky and i hate you and he goes talk to me after class <laughs> yeah he goes all right we've already told me off <laughs> right that's a, like i really feel one of the funniest things is that i really feel like billy hates him so much he really does i i love that kid like he's probably among my favorites of those kids that's so funny um so this kid uh brian falduto has uh he studied theater and arts at Wagner College, and he's done some radio work. Um, nice. That's that's his thing. Now, Joy Gatos Jr., uh, who plays Zach, the guitarist, um, he released a solo album in 2004. That was the year after this came out, um, nice. and he continues to to work on music. So that's uh, that's cool. Also, had a little uh, drinking underage charge, uh, but he seems to have gotten it together. Well, it's because Jack Black wasn't there to keep him under control. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Kevin Clark, uh, this is Freddie, the drummer. Ah, oh, um, Freddie. Yeah, he uh, Kevin earned his degree in music, uh, and he is sort of performing with uh, a lot of different bands. He doesn't have a band himself, but he's doing the kind of like the session musician thing mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago. Uh, Rebecca Brown, that's Katie, the bassist. Um, she did like a short film continues to to do the music thing uh 
and she releases that on her YouTube channel um, where she does like cover songs and stuff. Oh, um, okay. Robert Sy, this is uh, the keyboardist, Lawrence, Mr. Cool. Mr. Uh, cool. Who is a guy that I also really liked in this film. I liked his arc too. Like they, all the kids sort of have, other than Freddie, have their own like issues with wanting to be cool and or wanting to be accepted, which is not something that the film like really harps on or preaches about, but it does address that issue with kids, you know? It really does. It does an, does an amazing job. Yeah. So Definitely. he's continued his like classical piano training. He went to Dartmouth. Uh, oh, and pants. uh, yeah, right, fancy pants indeed. He and he just continues to do live concerts and competitions, uh, and focuses on classical piano, uh, instead of keys or synthesizers. Um, Mariam Hassan plays uh, Tamika Songbird, that's uh, the, the backup singer that we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah, she's amazing, yeah, so she, awesome. Uh, let's see, Miriam continues to make music, which she releases under the name Tracy on her YouTube channel. And we, that's Tracy, T-R-A-Y-C-E. Um, and we think she's just crushing it. That's the folks over at Hollywood.com. Uh, she's got a great voice, even as a kid. Uh, Absolutely. That voice was wild. That, that, that just lets you know, there's just some folks that are just, they just have it naturally at an early age. Some folks have to cultivate it others just have it yeah um caitlin hale plays marta blondie she's the sun will come out tomorrow uh-huh. uh she graduated no, it's mine she- <laughs> <laughs> that was so good too uh she she graduated from uh arizona state uh with a degree in journalism and pr and she lives in california and she is uh trying to work in the entertainment industry alicia allen that's brace face alicia uh, oh yeah, she film. was in um she was in the Are We There Yet series yep. with Ice Cube. That's right. Um, and she has also had roles in Young Adult, uh, starring Charlize Theron, as well as a film called You're Nobody Till Somebody Kills You. So she's done some. Jeez. She's also did some voice work on Blues Clues for a whopping eleven years. Wow. Um, so she might be sort of like the the sneaky successful one. Absolutely, dude. If you're if you're doing Blues Clues for a decade, yeah, that's 125 episodes. That's a lot of money. Hell yeah, she got hers. She's doing real good. Yeah, uh, Zachary Infante uh, played Gordon. He's one of the roadies, or he's the light guy. The 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 light guy. That kid was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he um did. Uh, he earned a degree from. New York University's Tisch School of the Arts and started in production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, and then you've got Angelo Masagli. That's the tough guy. Um, oh, yeah, the best. The muscle. Um, <laughs> he's okay. So, the, this again, courtesy of Hollywood.com, possibly one of the only of the School of Rock alumni who's more famous for another role, Bobby Jr. on The Sopranos. Oh, um, snap, for reals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's so good for him, huh? Hell yeah, man. Hey, good on you, kid. Yeah, Jordan Clear. Miss, Miss Mullins, you're the man. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Clear Green plays Michelle. She's one of the uh, groupies. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't like him giving them. That was the only thing I didn't like. Now you don't tell them babies they groupies. Come on. Man. Yeah, I mean, I, but again, I also feel like he legitimately doesn't see them because I feel like Dewey's never had sex. 
Yeah, I don't think Dewey has ever had sex either. So I don't think that he sees groupies as like sex objects as just fans you know yeah, like, he just says they're cheerleaders of like i fans. said he has this like really naive sense of the world and like miranda cosgrove does call him on that right and he so he he does readjust but uh she's been in she's had small parts on shows like arrested development alias and wizards of waverly place um so yeah so she's doing she's done okay uh veronica afflerbach i suppose is the other groupie uh she plays alini in the in the film um her character uh was one of the two girls that was responsible for naming the band nice uh, so she's taken up residence in miami where she works as a hair and makeup artist is she uh, the one that's called decided to call it uh call them pig rectum yeah she was one of those two girls that was talking. Gotcha. I can't, yeah so that is uh your update on where all of the school of rock kids are currently those kids rule man they really do. And they are all like, those musicians are crazy talented. They really are, man. And I'll tell you the truth. At the end of the day, this film to me definitely showcases the importance of being a music teacher and how important music teachers are to kids. Yeah. I know my music teacher changed my life in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, and, and it was, you know, there was no gatekeeping here really he he instead of like you don't know this then you're not good enough like he was like i'll teach you these things and also on day one he gave them instruments and put them at the front of the class that yeah like there i don't know man there's just something really empowering about the way that he approaches it well i especially like the fact that the kids that weren't musicians were still made to feel very important he goes, just because you're not in the band doesn't mean you're not in the band. Yeah. And it was this wasn't just him placate. This was real. Yeah. And like this is now here's the thing. Um, another Jack Black starring film that I do like, but I don't like is Shallow How. And I'll tell you the truth, this movie made me actually, when I first watched it. Because I wouldn't watch this movie at first because of because of Shallow How. Yeah. And this film actually really made me go back and appreciate Shallow How for what it was. And Jack Black for what he does. Yeah, I like uh, my other one of my other favorite Jack Black vehicles is Saving Silverman. Um, oh, that is a great movie. It's so silly, but it's it's bad, but it's great. <laughs> Yeah, diamonds in the rough. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I think that's a, a great movie. Maybe we should do that next week while we're trying to stall Dude, uh, for ten. I I would be all on board for that. Either that or um another music teacher film. It's up to you, whichever one. Yeah, because I was gonna say if we did another music teacher film, my vote would be for Mr. Holland's Opus, or we can do um um what what's that movie called? You just said it. Saving Silverman. Yeah. I'm up for whichever or whoever. Um, so I think that we are pretty much in agreement that this is a great film. This is definitely for me, one of the greats. This is one of the greats. This is top 20 for me. Um, is there anything else that we'd like to say about the movie before we get into some uh, general thoughts? Oh, I love the way it even depicts band life because yeah. we've all, we, you and I both being musicians, we've had to kick people out of bands, been kicked out of bands. 
And it does it relatively well in a lot of ways. He's like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to vote you. And he's like, you voted to get him out. Like you voted yeah. against him. Hey man, I hope this doesn't put us, just hope this doesn't ruin things between us. All right. But I built this band. Right. This is my band. <laughs> oh, and of man. course, read between the lines, Theo. Read between the lines. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is Jack Black when he's in the classroom and he is able to just like let loose and like get like physical and do his dancing and everything. One of my other favorite things about him in this movie is he's like, I'm going to take a sick solo here, but then he doesn't even play it. Like he just does it with his mouth. He's like, he's always scatting. That is such a Jack Black thing. It really. But then also the legend of the rent. Uh, is a banger oh, of a song too. That is a banging tune, man. Oh and my god! <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like that's a tenacious D song. It is. Like this movie seriously makes me want to go back and play that brutal legend game that he voiced. Oh shit! Yeah, I forgot. About like that game. that game is not great, but Jack Black makes it fun. Yeah. Like, because um, even the lead character looks just like, like if Jack Black oh, were a video sure. game character, that's what he would look like. Also, I still maintain that the Tenacious D television show and the Pick of Destiny are both absolutely fantastic pieces of media, even as ridiculous as the Pick of Destiny is, like cock push-ups and stuff. But <laughs> like, it's still so, the music is so good. <laughs> I really like the video for Tribute. Oh, it's, a, it's excellent. And like, Wonder is, Boy. like, that's a good one, too. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Jack Black is like, he, he's probably, I think that if Jack Black, if he didn't sort of have that over the top childlike energy, he would not be as amazing as he is, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. Um, also love the stage dive at the beginning and at the end. Mostly oh my like, God. that first one is painful, man. <laughs> you know what? That stage dive. I remember, I think it was Deaf Comedy Jam. And there was a black comic. He goes, you know, the difference between white black folks and white folks is crazy. Like white folks. I went to a metal show once. And it's like, these white boys are diving off the stage and folks is catching them, moving them along. He's like, you don't see that at black shows. It's like, we paid to be down here. You need to stay up there. <laughs> Bobby Brown called himself stage diving. You see that shit part like the Red Sea and look down at him and go, yo, prerogative. <laughs> uh, School of Rock, Brian, was made on a $35 million budget and it made $131.3 million at the box office. Very successful. It's also, spawned, success. it's also spawned a television show and a Broadway musical. Cannot argue the success there. You just can't. Um, so uh, currently it is sporting a 91% on the tomato meter, but an overall 64% audience score, which I find surprising. Well, it's because those 250,000 plus ratings are just morons. The uh, ones that aren't giving it the love are just idiots. I do have a couple of one star Amazon reviews here. Okay. Um, I'd love to hear what these morons have to say. <laughs> um, so again, like a lot of these are, neg are like ridiculing the quality of the actual disc that they received um but here's one from writer girl again uh one star not great plus bad sound uh okay this review is two-part first is to complain about the sound it kept going in and out even disappearing for a while i see other customers have complained about this too i also did not enjoy the movie it tried to be funny but it just wasn't i'm pretty conservative so if you're not maybe this won't matter but i hate to see kids swearing in a movie it's not all right. 
Uh, there are drinking references and praying to the God of rock. I felt like the plot had a lot of potential, but it just didn't live up to it. Just didn't live up to it. It's not sophisticated enough to be an adult movie and too adult to be a kid movie would not watch again. Okay. And you're entitled to your very wrong. This person would be so awful at parties, right? Yeah. This is the type of person that just goes to like a joyous event and just sucks the life out of it. This person is an emotional vampire. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's one from Libby Bud. One star. Don't waste your time. Oh, sorry. It's called Don't Waste Your. Oh. <laughs> uh, verified purchase. Ridiculous. Don't waste your time. That's all it says. Huh. Well, Bobby, who's a verified purchase, October 8th, 2020. Movie sucks. Jack Black type cast movie. Well, Bobby, you suck. How yeah. about that? Uh, Dawn. Not for children, one star. I thought this was inappropriate for children. They make it seem funny that the children learn to use profanity, disobey their parents, etc. It makes rebellion look good and teaches that it's cool to be sneaky, dishonest, etc. Thumbs down. <laughs> well, rebellion is good, man. Oh god. And these people I, like these people are, are like, these real people. How's this possible? These are some of the most stick up the ass people. Are, are are they from like Utah? Are these people from Utah? Uh, maybe because I, I think know. they're from Utah. Uh, here's one from Zach. Uh, terrible movie. One star. Terrible movie. Couldn't get through the whole thing. The behavior of the Jack Black character toward the children was disgusting and abusive and not funny at all. I can appreciate inappropriate and irreverent humor, but this was over the top and painful to watch. What kind How? of this movie is too irreverent? Then what kind of irreverent humor can this guy appreciate? Seriously, because oh. this movie is pretty tame, man. Really. It really is. Oh, and then there's create creativity sage, a terrible movie in every way. The Jack Black character is obnoxious and offensive throughout the entire movie, totally irresponsible and irritating. The music wasn't even any good. And the fact that two people found that review helpful, creativity sage and those two people just need to be sent to the land of no fun. Okay. Man. For when one, you- if you cannot get down with immigrant song by Zeppelin, I don't want to know you. Yeah. Uh, you got to get the lead out. <laughs> Seriously. You know what, Creativity Sage? Read between the lines. Um, there, when you get back into the 2004 realm of the Amazon reviews, the negative ones are rough and long, like full on essays. Yeah, because these people need to feel good about themselves. Like Beach Reader. Um. R.A. Rubin says wrong-headed, one-star Jack Black. Hmm. He was funny in a superior movie, High Fidelity. So I kept hoping he'd find something where his in-your-face edgy style would work. But alas, it does not work in School of Rock. This movie was not funny from start to finish because the black shtick is wearing thin. How can this comedian play the same slacker over and over? He has no range at all. Hey, Bob Hope is overrated too. Also, the idea that smart kids learning nerdy stuff like classical music and algebra are creatively inhibited and unhappy is so completely wrongheaded. I couldn't bear to watch the poor little tykes go punk. Uh, children should have the basics in youth. If they want to be rock stars and get laid, they ought to wait until they're at least 13. <laughs> Whoa. R.A. <laughs> Rubin sucks. Dude, did it, like, What? They should just wait till they're 13 to get laid. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey C. Zorner just literally just wrote a diatribe. 
yeah that's that's some wild shit so we 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 can we'll leave off the because i feel like i could read these forever because they're so entertaining but um i think it's time to get bartender smiley in here and uh talk about how we feel about the movie sure the plotaholics rating system for the movies it's a pretty simple system basically they rate movies based on how many shots it takes to get through them so if you got a good movie and you get through it all the way sober then it takes zero shots to get through the movie and then if you got a really bad movie then it could take up to five shots to get through the whole thing i think you can try to figure out the middle part yourself so what can i get you you know he uh we really do need to revisit his contract because he i just realized this when we signed him up he is paid by the second oh wow and i think that he makes these things longer than they have to be because of that because there's no reason that that should take that long to explain smiley you know i don't even remember hiring him do you remember hiring him actually no you know what i just came into the office one day and there was a signed contract here oh I just, we're, gonna I have, thought, we're gonna have to have I a thought serious you talk. Did that. No, no, it wasn't me. Was it Michelle? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that Michelle has hiring power over the show. No, no. Uh, hey, Sean, come here. <laughs> did you hire Smiley the bartender? I, I gotta ask her that. I've, I've really gotta ask her that because this is this is weird. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Did you hire Smiley the bartender? Did you hire Smiley the bartender? Because I didn't hire him. Shane didn't hire him. Michelle doesn't have hiring powers. Did you hire Smiley the bartender? First of all, does Sharon have hiring powers? No, I did not believe (laughs) she had hiring powers. Did you hire Smiley the bartender? For what purpose? He's the guy that... Well, well, it sounds like a no. That sounds like a no then. Did, no, number Wait, one, has she did, hired Smiley the bartender for other purposes? Did you hire Smiley for <laughs> other purposes? I think maybe Smiley the bartender is like working on your house and stuff. When I think not. so. Like Sharon is giving real like politician like answers. She's being cagey. She's giving me she's giving me Washington D.C. like answers, man. Like, well, you you, you know, Smiley. It he, depends he, he on ex- what your definition of the word hired is, right? <laughs> Well, you know, Smiley, he, he tells everyone our rating system. And now all of a sudden, somehow he's doing the, the synopsis for the show. Did you tell him he could do synopsis for the show, too? Was that you? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Oh, Great. Well, I can't. Got, I can't. I swear. I couldn't get a straight answer out of Sharon if, she, if her butt had was like a Play-Doh dispenser. I couldn't get a straight answer. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, well, so you're the one. So you're the one we need to blame. You know what? You're you got an HR meeting in your future, Miss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, you do. Yes. I'm just. Ugh. We also, Brian, need to hire an HR department. We do need to hire an HR department. So as soon as we get an HR department, <laughs> we're having a sit down. Oh, you know what? I'm just reviewing Smiley's contract again. It turns out he is the HR department. Oh Jesus, he's the HR. He's really department? got us in a corner here. <laughs> Crap. Good luck with that. We're screwed. Yeah, now Sharon's just like, good luck with that. You know, yeah, what? and now she's gonna moonwalk out of the room like some. And kind she of proud and she baby. just did too. <laughs> like she seriously moonwalked out to that Simpsons in sync music. Yeah. That's good point. So yeah, she moonwalked out to go tend to the granddaughter as well. So gotcha. Well, <sighs> uh Brian, this I love this, this movie. As do I. And I, as much as we can talk about, you know, the the plot holes with 
how you know some serious charges are being uh filed against him and um etc cetera, etc cetera. i just can't give this movie anything other than a zero shot rating i agree um this is a film that for the things that aren't very kid friendly it still approaches them and presents them excuse me in a good way well and i think that the worst it gets is language, you know, because even when Freddie goes off with that other band, it's not like they're drinking and smoking. They're just no, they're cards. playing cards. Like and even the swearing is not all that bad because I've heard ten, I've heard kids younger than that. There are kids that are like that that are like three and four years old that are repeating things their parents say that are worse than the language in this film. Yeah, get into some of those Fortnite pubs and oh my, God. tell me about kids swearing. <laughs> I'm serious, right? Oh, God. So yeah, I I think it's uh, easy zero shot for this me. This is like an easy the, zero shot. The me. end of it just feels so earned, and and it just you know like they have their big moment and they don't win, but they still get the encore, which in a lot of ways I think is probably better than better winning. than the win. It's way better than the win. And then of course it goes to the logical ending point where he and Ned Schneebly are teachers. Yeah, and also what a fun credit scene. It really is. It really everybody is. gets their chance. And this is one thing that I loved about it all the way through is that everybody played their part and everybody got a chance to shine. Absolutely. Like there were, like you mentioned that he's not just like placating people because they're, you know, he's making them roadies or whatever, but everybody got an opportunity to do what they were supposed to do. Um, right. Which I think is real cool. And I mean, like, it's not often that you see instances like this where every person in the band has that time to shine. Yeah. Yep. So uh, zero for me. I guess next week we will be talking about Saving Silverman. <laughs> yeah, we can talk some Saving Silverman. Uh, I mean, I'm all we can, for it. We can talk about it off air. We will not right now say one way or the other what we're going to cover next week. Yeah. Uh, the Behind the Velvet Rope sort of secret yep. that's, that's happening here is that we had tenant on the schedule and tenant is one week from being free on hbo max so we're pushing it off yeah uh, we're not we're not going to spend money on a movie that's going to be free in seven days yeah so we're waiting until the first week of may to do tenant so next mm-hmm. week will be a wild card uh we don't know what it'll be i think it'll be just like one day this week we'll reach out to each other and be like hey this why don't we do this be fun and i mean some some that i've suggested I'll just let me let me spit some titles at you. I like right. saving Silverman as an option. Okay, throw that at me. I mentioned uh, Wet Hot American Summer. Yes, yes, that's 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 a good one. And last night I watched a movie on Peacock, so it is free. Okay, uh, it's called Hamlet Two. Um, huh. And but doesn't he die at the end? Right. So Hamlet Two. I'm just going to pitch this to you, and it is ridiculous. All right. All right. So Hamlet Two is about a a small time drama teacher in Tucson, Arizona, and his drama department is about to be defunded. And so he needs to raise $6,000. He's regularly slammed by the school paper for his productions, which are all just stagings of popular movies. (laughs) And so he decides that he's going to write his own script, a sequel to Hamlet called Hamlet two, where Hamlet travels through time <laughs> in a time machine with jesus to save his family <laughs> oh we're doing that and it includes musical numbers like rock me sexy jesus <laughs> Ooh, rock me sexy jesus 
Let me, I'll, I'll slice you a little bit of Rock Me Sexy Jesus off, and then you can decide if you want to do this movie. All right. But was it at least done to the Rock Me Amadeus? No. No. Oh. It's, a, it's an original tune. So here you go. Here's a little uh, Rock Me Sexy Jesus. He's totally the man, the man with the plan. He traveled through time in an awesome custom van. Moralistically, he taught us to be good, how to set our souls free and do all the shit we should. Now we do the right deeds, we go to church and such, and we stop smoking weed, well at least not as much. <laughs> and we can't forget to mention the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them. Slam, bam, spit you, ma'am, do unto you! Wow! <laughs> well, Steve Coogan, Katherine Keener, and David Arquette? Yeah. Yes! We're doing this movie! We are doing this movie. Like, I actually, like, the sickness and horribleness that I feel was replaced with excitement. And yes. I'm going back to feeling like crap again. But yes. There's yeah, no way we're is, not doing this. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> There's no way that we're not doing this. It's a movie that I had seen. Well, I, I never saw it, but I remember seeing a trailer for it. It has Amy Poehler in it. Uh, it has Elizabeth Shue in it. Uh, but yeah, I saw a trailer for it a while ago and I was like, oh my God, I've got to watch this. And then I completely forgot about it. Um, but yeah, then uh, it, I saw, I was scrolling through Peacock the other night and saw it and I'm like, oh my God, we've got to watch that. And so we watched it last night. It's so funny. Yeah. There's no way we're not doing that movie next week. I'm sorry. All right. There's well, just, they... there's just no way that's not going to happen. Well, you, it also, it also has a young Skylar Aston in it. Uh, he's the pitch perfect guy. Um, okay and uh let's see there was somebody you else. had me at steve coogan you don't yeah, have to over I, I know right <laughs> i had you at steve coogan you um, had me at steve coogan because now every because every time i see steve coogan i also think about um our idiot brother mm -hmm. and i think of um hot fuzz right hello nicholas uh, how's the hand still a bit stiff <laughs> um i'm looking and i know that next week we will get into all of this but um yeah it's uh it's pretty good and the fact that you know i always felt that maybe hamlet could do well with a, a sequel <laughs> yeah oh my god that's um, awesome pam brady is one of the co-writers on hamlet too and she uh works uh with trey parker and matt stone a good bit so I love the fact that Elizabeth Shue plays Elizabeth Shue. She's not credited as herself. She's credited as Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. What's so funny about that character, and I'm sure we'll get into it, is that she does play Elizabeth Shue, uh, who has who decided to leave acting, and now she just works at like a like a fertility doctor. Totally as sold. A, as a nurse. <laughs> totally sold. That's it. It's sold right there. It's good. Yep. All right. Well, next week we will be covering Hamlet two. Uh, followed by Tenet, two wildly different movies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I would be remiss if I didn't say, and I, I gotta be honest, I've been remiss a lot lately. If I didn't say, make sure that you rate, review, share, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the podcast, your reviews keep us going. And gotta be honest, been a little dry lately. A <laughs> little bit dry. Dry as the Hatterack Desert. Yeah, so get your asses over to 
Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell. And, uh, you know, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to offend half of Amazon's reviewers by cursing. Oh. Oh. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we will be back here next week with Hamlet 2. Uh, also, you do not have to see Hamlet 1 in order to enjoy this film. <laughs> uh, but yeah, have a nice week and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Here's hoping I'm not like super sick next week. Take a trip with us to Nilbog. Just promise not to drink the goo. Oh my God. If you get sucked into the Matrix. Do you believe in fate? Sometimes the end game is the perfect place to start. We're in the end game now. And other times you want to pretend the prequels were never a real thing. Let's just apply race to the end. It's working! Every movie has a plot hole. And every hole gets filled somehow. Just don't cut me off right now with a plot of A breakfast club or two. We are the plot of holics. Ripping plots apart for you. Shane and Brian are an island. Toys wanting to be a Robocop. Thank you for your cooperation. For Black Circle Boys and just like Dr. Hammond, extracting amber from wood. And later there's running and screaming. A little too busy asking if we could, and never asking if we should. But every movie has a plot hole And every hole gets filled somehow Whiskey, wine, or blue milk Just don't cut me off right now With a plot of holics A breakfast club of two We're the Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man.